Hello and welcome to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounter of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. My name is Dan Demite, and I'm joined here in studio with my good friend and brother in Christ, Patrick Rice. Yay! What's up, Patrick? How are you doing? I'm doing good. Dude, I'm happy to be alive. I know. It's so good. Patrick, did you know Encounter is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio mm-hmm. and carried across mm-hmm. the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network? Yeah. Yeah, very proud of that. That's too. amazing. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, I have I have good news for you today, Patrick. We are going to uh, bring in a good friend of ours, Noah Gilchrist, who is a missionary at Damascus Catholic Mission Campus. Just he's on fire with the Holy Spirit. He lives this very um, like humble and relatable spirituality, but then he ministers mm-hmm. with like power and authority, which is just such a captivating way to do ministry. Sounds like Jesus. Yeah, it does sound a lot like Jesus. (laughs) Interesting. So uh, before we get started, can you open us in prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for waking up the church so that we can be like Jesus, we can walk like Jesus, we can speak like Jesus, we can preach like Jesus, we can heal like Jesus, we can cast out the demons like Jesus. So Lord, we thank you for the calling that you've put in our life, the great dignity that we have. We thank you for um, moving us out of fear and into faith. And we thank you for this awesome encouragement that we're going to be receiving from the life and uh, ministry of Noah Gilchrist. Yes, thank you, Lord. You know, Lord, I just thank you so much for your love and that you never stop loving and that you never stop being a father. And I just pray that during the next hour, Lord, you would love our audience, that you would just love on them so much. And Lord, if it, you know, just let them experience the power of your love in a way maybe they never have, um, that you would just continue to pour out your voice and your mercy and your hope into their hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so this is exciting, Patrick. I want you to maybe share a little bit on like this idea of hearing God's voice. And we yeah. hear in Scripture, like uh, St. Paul talk about like words of knowledge. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like something we, we talk about a lot about as Catholics. Like, wait, I've heard yeah, of like should, healing ministry, or maybe I've heard mm-hmm. of prophetic ministry, or I've heard of like the gift of tongues. But what the heck is a word of knowledge? Yeah, so I mean, th- there's th- the easiest way is that it's it's supernatural information revealed by God, um, revealed by God to you about another person's life that's either that's true of their past or present. Mm. So it's currently true. Right? It's currently true. Yeah, and so they're either it's it's either like you get this information. And there was only one way, to, one way to find out if what you're hearing is from God. It's to ask them and to confirm whether it is from God or not from God. So that's that's what a word of knowledge is right there. Biblically, you see this in the, um, in the New Testament a lot. Uh, the, my favorite story is the one with Jesus, where he's at the woman with the well. Yeah. And um, she's he's he's evangelizing to her, and he's she's the first person he's revealing that he's the Messiah to. This is in John chapter four. And uh, and the way that he that, that she actually comes to believe in him is that he's, he he has that that famous that famous line he says go call your husband and she says well I don't have a husband and he said you're right in saying you don't have a husband because you've had five husbands and the one the man that you're with right now is not your real husband yeah and then she said whoa I can see that you're a prophet and then she starts to talk and and then um, he you know he reveals that truth that he's he's the one he's the promised Messiah. And then she runs out to the town and says, go, you know, everyone come and meet the man that told me everything about my life. And so just the, that, that knowledge that Jesus had in, through the Holy Spirit that, um, you know, because he was anointed by the Holy Spirit 
to do these great miracles. And guess what? We have the same Holy Spirit dwelling in us that dwelled in Jesus. What? The same one. I don't. I don't believe that. Is that really true? Well, if you That's don't believe like, it, then you're a heretic, that, man. Oh and man! You're denying revealed the positive truth. <laughs> hey, you the know, the Bible even says that the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. It does. So get used to it. Whoa! Mind blowing. Ah! Hey, Patrick, that sounds that sounds like good news. It really is good news. It's <laughs> this thing, is the good news of the gospel. It's, it's one thing to know that, and like, here's the thing: um, this is so powerful. Jesus used that. That was an evangelical context. He was bringing the good news of himself to this woman. And guess what? It's our job to bring the good news of salvation, full life of, of joy in this in this world, and a fullness of joy in the next. Uh, it's our job to bring that relationship. To people, just like Jesus brought it to this Samaritan woman, and just like Jesus relied on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, so too do we have to rely on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's one thing to know that you have the Spirit of God living in you, which gives you access to this life, this the, the life of Jesus inside of you, and one thing to put it into practice. And what I'm really excited about is that Noah's going to be sharing not only his testimony and how he came to faith in Jesus, but sharing his testimony and how he's actually putting and he's applying the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He's stepping out in faith and doing that um, in his own, um, in his, his, his ministry, his, um, with, with your ministry, Dan, the Damascus Catholic Mission Campus and the outreach that, that you guys have him doing, which is so exciting. Yeah, you know, it's really neat, too, because um, like St. Paul, he talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and really he roots all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in love. And, you know, if, if we have all of these gifts, but we do not have love, we, we have nothing. And and, Sounding um, gongs, clashing bong, symbols. Bong, bong, right? And like, I don't want to be a clashing symbol. I don't want to be a gong. And uh, uh, and and so I think that's so beautiful that when like words of knowledge actually open up the ability for us to love people just really well, right? We we uh, instead of like saying like, hmm, what am I going to say to this person? We just like ask the Father, Father, what do you? How do you want to reveal your love in your presence to this person right now? And like when he reveals that to the person, it just it's like their their hearts. You, you, I've seen it. Their hearts like melt in front of you. Like, oh, my goodness. Like you like you knew this about me. It's like, no, it's not me. I didn't know. Like the father is, is ministering to you right now and he loves you and he's here. And it just opens their heart in a way to receive um, the father's love in a way I've never seen. You know, it's just really powerful. It's just really cool. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's well, so important. Well, I'm, I'm excited for these stories. I'm excited too. So we're going to take a short break and then we're going to hear from Noah. He's going to share about his life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ and now how he's living an extraordinary life um, in on mission for the church. So we will be right back. Ever wake up and have your brain just start racing, trying to solve every problem in your life? That's okay. Your brain's just doing what it's supposed to do. It's a problem-solving machine. And while that can be helpful, if you don't keep it in check, that can be really stressful. St. Paul tells us what to do in that situation. He wrote, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul wrote that from prison while awaiting trial and execution. So he had plenty of things to obsess about, but he didn't. He thought of things above, and that led to his peace and joy even behind bars. When you find yourself obsessing, read an uplifting book, or better, try the Gospel of John, or maybe pray a rosary. But whatever you do, 
Get in the driver's seat of your own thoughts and focus on what lifts you up, not what drags you down. For more from my book, I Am, visit rewriteyourname.com. I'm Chris Stefanik from Real Life Catholic. Hello and welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. So, Patrick, we are going to bring on into the studio now our good friend, Noah Gilchrist. So welcome to the show, Noah. Yeah, welcome yes. Noah yes, and his you. dreadlock. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. So so Noah is just a crazy apostle for the Lord. You're living as a uh, missionary at Damascus, just on fire and uh, laboring in the Lord's vineyard every day. So Noah, we're really excited to bless our audience with your story and your testimony and how God has worked in your life. Maybe you could just share with us a little bit about how uh, God has brought you to uh, the place of power. Yeah, definitely. Dan and Patrick, thank you so much for having me. So I will go ahead and start uh, in my early years. Um, so yeah, I grew up in an awesome Catholic family. Um, I was one of six and yeah, growing up again, just, uh, really, really an awesome family who loved really well. But again, we were just a nominal, uh, Catholic family. And in, in growing up that, what that meant was basically we prayed before meals and we, um, yeah, spent our Sundays going to mass and doing what a lot of the Catholic families do. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what my childhood looked like, and what I saw God as, or who I saw God as rather, um, was basically just somebody who helped me get good grades on my test, or uh, basically helped me win basketball games. And neither of those things ever really happened. So my relationship <laughs> with the Lord was definitely one that struggled a little bit. Dude, um, I asked you to help me, and you didn't. No, seriously, that was. <laughs> My life. So, yeah, I, um, that was basically what I thought of God as uh, growing up. And so that's kind of when I moved in. I went to Catholic schools, K through 12 as well. Um, so, so, yeah, that's kind of basically what things looked like. And it wasn't until my eighth grade year uh, where my thoughts of God and my thoughts of what was going on in the world really changed when my father was actually diagnosed with uh, stage four cancer. So when he was, he was diagnosed with stage wow. four cancer, and I remember this uh, so vividly that I just remember going to my room and really asking the question, like, why God? Like, why Why would this happen? Why? Um, like, we're, we're a good family. We do the right thing. We go to Mass on Sundays. Uh, we even pray before meals. Like, all these all these different things were going through my head. Like, we are the good family. I, I can think of a lot of people that aren't doing so good. Um, and we're the, we're the good ones. So why are you letting good things happen, uh, or bad things, rather, happen to good people? Mm-hmm. Um and so th- this really, this really led me through a battle, I guess, through through the next few years in my faith, particularly, and in my family. Um, I began to just separate myself a ton from my family uh, because I didn't want to see really the fact that I had a, a father who was uh, really dying in front of my eyes at home. And so, um, throughout the next few years, I really dove into academics, into sports, and into uh, some other friendships and relationships. Um, just again, anything to get me away from home, anything to get me away. Um, from the reality of what was happening. And uh, like I said, this just this continued throughout the years and um, ended up going to St. Charles Prep in Columbus and dove into my academics a ton. And um, basically through that, uh, I started experiencing the difficulties in school um, that that became like more and more rigorous and everything. And so I, I experienced the difficulties there. And then after my freshman year of basketball, actually, um, I was cut from the basketball team due to some altercations I had with my coach. So really, I, I didn't have the, the academics to keep me away from home. I didn't have the, the sports to keep me away from home. So I began to just dive more and more into different relationships and friendships um, and into a lot of the different um, things that we know high schoolers do. And so 
Um, diving into that kept me away from home, and so I was happy enough with that. Um, and, and as that year continued, it went into the summer, and that was actually um, the summer that my father ended up passing away in that July. And that was, that was again, another time where I had to make a decision on, on who I thought of God as and uh, the kind of man that I wanted to be. And so, so moving forward from there, um, I kind of was faced with two different options, and I had to make a decision. My first option was that um, I, could, I could go home and I could begin to help my family and begin to um, face the reality of what was happening and um, ask for God's grace in that, or I could continue um, to live the life that I was, was living prior, which was um, that of, of partying and that of um, is spending all of my time in different relationships and friendships mm-hmm. um, that weren't necessarily good for me. Um, and so unfortunately in that time I decided to choose the latter. Um, and as I chose the latter, uh, my relationship with God and even my thoughts toward if, if God was even real at that point, um, began to, to surface in a lot of different ways. So really stopped believing in God altogether and, um, and, and just continued to jump into that of, out of, that of the party scene and that of, um, again, a lot of the different things that I said I would never do, um, I ended up doing because, um, I was really in a time of, of a lack of hope. Um, I really didn't believe in anything and I didn't really believe that anything, um, good can come, could come of anything because of what I saw happen with my father. Mm. Uh, so moving, moving forward in that, um, the, this lifestyle continued more and more until actually, um, I needed to get 24 service hours. So every Catholic school. Oh yeah, mandatory okay. service, right? Yes, the mandatory <laughs> service hours. You so. will serve others, or you flunk. Yes, and that's exactly <laughs> my thought process with it. So uh, yeah, I basically because of the lifestyle I was living um, on the weekends and and a ton of other different uh, realities in in my life, I was way behind on the service hours that I needed to get, and mm. so the last ditch opportunity was the March for Life in oh, Washington, D.C. Nice. And so my thought process going to the March for Life was that I would show up, I would walk a mile, and then I'd be able to go home, and I'd get three days off of school. So it was like the perfect <laughs> opportunity to be with some of my friends who were also in the same boat that I was in, and then also being able to go um, back home after, and, and nothing would change. And I was far from wrong. And so I showed up on that trip, and uh, I remember the first thing that we jumped into was like, a time of praise and worship, and I wasn't terribly familiar with that, so I just led to being. It just led me to being very uncomfortable, um, and it wasn't on that retreat that I encountered really God in the praise and worship, or um, in our different, you know, sessions. But it was in in a person that I had met, um, and so when I met this person, I saw that they actually believed that the words that they were saying, and that they actually lived a life changed. And what that did was it birthed hope in my life. Um, a hope that I hadn't seen or even felt before. Um, and it, it was this hope that changed everything for me. Hmm. Um, and so and so from that point on, I began to ask myself a lot of the questions, and it was in a time of adoration. Uh, two days later, uh, on the one of our last days in Washington, D.C., where I was able to just sit and reflect on the years of my life that I had kind of uh, lived and the different difficulties with my father and asking God the Father, who are you? Uh, are you good? Do you mean what you say? Do you, and all these questions just led me um, to to this truth that there is such great hope found in Jesus Christ and uh, in God the Father. And so, um, moving forward from that, it was beautiful. My three best friends also had a conversion on that uh, retreat, and we were able to move forward into our schools and, and our families um, and our communities with with a newfound hunger and hope um, for the for the risen Christ and and really bring transformation there.
Awesome. So like when you, you had this powerful encounter with Jesus in the Eucharist and you're hearing his voice and then what, when you go back into school, what's it like? Yeah. So going back into school was really funny because, um, myself and my three best friends were definitely not known for loving Jesus. So, um, we went back into our school community and I remember even just getting a lot of text messages of, of confusion. I remember getting invited to a party that next weekend and in the text message, it's actually said, they, they basically said like, uh, I, I heard you don't do this anymore, but just in case come to this party. And I remember just <laughs> laughing because that was, yeah, that was the lifestyle we were living before. And so there was a lot of confusion, um, happening in our school, but what that confusion led to was a lot of questioning. And so, um, these, these ki- these students that we used to party with, like our best friends that we used to, um, live that lifestyle with began to ask us a lot of questions and it presented a great opportunity, um, for us to share the fire and the hope that we had in Jesus Christ and, uh, so stepping stepping into that, we began to see like one by one uh, a ton of transformation in our high school. We we had a youth group of at that time of about eight people, and because of the lifestyle that we were living, and because of um, the lifestyle that we stepped out of, and the questioning that led to that, we went from eight people to like 120 people in the span of six months, uh, <laughs> simply because again um, people were wondering and people saw the fire and people saw the difference and the joy and the hope and the freedom and the love. Uh, that Christ was bestowing in our lives. Amen. Yeah, and I knew I knew Noah during that time period. It was so neat because he he keeps using the word lifestyle. And you know, I think Jesus doesn't just want to transform our hearts and our minds. He wants to transform our walk, our lifestyle, so that we we live differently. And others noticed that. And it wasn't just like you by yourself, but it was you and these other guys. And you go back into school with a renewed lifestyle, and then other people they're they're just kind of like they're like whoa, like. I didn't even know this other lifestyle was possible or I didn't know it was an option for me. And then all of a sudden, like people were just like, well, I want to try this lifestyle too. <laughs> like yeah. I can live a lifestyle for Jesus and with Jesus. So the Jesus says, I want to baptize you with fire, Noah. So how did, how did Jesus baptize you with fire? Yeah, that's a great question. So I um, really saw in that time of my life, and there's been so many times since then where the Lord's baptized me with fire in different, in different ways. But in that time of my life, um, there was actually two weeks after I really had this, um, you know, moving piece in my life uh, at that Washington, D.C. March for Life. Two weeks after that, it was kind of the first youth group I'd ever even gone to. Um, and so I was really inviting people to youth group before I even went to youth group myself. But um, I remember being at this youth group and the speaker, it was actually Dan, it was your sister, Maria. Um, mm, I know she her. Was, yeah, you do know her. She's, <laughs> she's great. So she spoke on hope. Um and like I was sharing before, there was there was this loss of hope because of the different tragedy that happened, the different tragedies that happened in my life. Um, and yeah, so there was there was a lot of different scenarios between my dad and then his brother. I forgot to share this too. His brother actually had passed away 15 months before that. And so there's a lot of different reasons in my life for for a lack of hope. Um, but in that moment, I remember uh, Maria giving this talk on hope, and it really changed um, my heart so much. And I even remember. Um, no one prayed for me. No one, it was just, it was just hearing and being convicted in the heart. And I remember going home and I even remember taking a shower that night and my stomach was just on fire. Like I, I couldn't, <laughs> yes. um, I couldn't, the next day of school was so different. I couldn't even, um, like move again without, I couldn't move in the same way that my life had to be different after that moment. And I had to share the love of Jesus Christ with each person that I encountered again. Um, like my, my life had to look so much different than it did before. Um, and again, it was that fire that was birthed in that night through really the preaching of the gospel and the the fulfillment of hope that was happening in the moment. 
Yeah, I think sometimes when we're hearing someone speak, and maybe <clears throat> listeners, as you're hearing Noah speak, you, you just start getting touched by the Holy Spirit, and you can kind of feel His presence falling on us, and, and we're, we we often just, like, stop that. You know, we're like, mm, okay, and, and we distract ourselves. But if, if the Holy Spirit's, like, touching you at a time, just receive it, you know, like, sit mm-hmm. back, close your eyes, and just let the Lord blast you. And, and if, if you're struggling with hope, um, hopelessness right now, I think the Lord just wants to minister to you during this episode and right now just to fill you with hope. So spirit of hope, just fall right now and just give, give our listeners boldness and confidence. Noah, when you, um, when you were living this renewed lifestyle, like how, uh, what'd you do after you graduated high school? Yeah. So again, like I said, that night was a big game changer for me. Um, and at that point, I remember even a week, a week later, um, I was riding on a bus to like our high school retreat, and I remember just looking out the window and thinking like, "There's no other option than mission." Um, that there's too much uh, happening in the world for me to ever stop being on mission. And so, what I did after high school is I jumped straight into mission. I went and served with Net Ministries in Minnesota, um, and I was able to I was blessed to be able to serve at a high school for nine months, um, basically bringing bringing students into the same uh, person that I encountered Jesus Christ, and so. Um, yeah, it was a blessed time to be able to serve in Minnesota for nine months um, and, and, again, bless so many other high schoolers that experienced, experienced the same thing I did. So I think we're called to live in a supernatural church, right? And we're living in Acts chapter 2018, where we're like currently right now, we're living in the Acts of the Apostles. It's a, it's a current apostolic age, a real reality now. How have you seen in your own life, how have you been introduced into the Acts of the Apostles, into the supernatural church? Yeah, so it's been an awesome time being able to serve uh, with Damascus. And that's really, um, it began when I was serving with Net in Minnesota. Um, really this new introduction to that of the Holy Spirit. Um, I was freed from a lot of different sin in my life in that time and um, was able to go deeper in my relationship with the Holy Spirit. And then when I got to Damascus, it really, um, between Dan and Aaron and different leaders and Patrick as well, um, I began to realize that the Holy Spirit wasn't just... Um, uh, a relationship that was meant for just me, but that it was it was a relationship that was meant to, um, in a way, reproduce. Right, that it was it was meant to to go Come on, out. Preach it, and Noah. So, Keep going. Uh, yeah, and so <laughs> it, it was a beautiful um, time to be able to learn from from Patrick, from Dan, from Aaron, uh, what it looked like for the Holy Spirit to to be that of of reproducing and giving giving life. And so, um, yeah, over these past few years, I've learned a lot about uh, what Holy Spirit wants to do in our church and who Holy Spirit is and. Um, there was a really awesome opp- opportunity last year when we did our first ever high school retreat at Damascus. So at Damascus, we, we run a ton of different retreats and this was our first ever high school retreat. That was actually, um, just to give a little backstory uh, from this. So the first time father Matthias ever, ever came to Columbus, he ran a little, um, uh, prayer, prayer meeting in, in Columbus and I was there and that was, the, um, that was kind of historic, by the way, Noah. This is famous, people. Listen up. <laughs> it was. There was like 20 people there, and it was literally, I remember um, not even knowing what was about to happen. I just remember I needed to, I just, I was home from break on net, and I remembered I needed to go. Um, and so I went, and I remember immediately stepping into that chapel, and God just beginning to touch me in a way I've never experienced before. Um, and I, I remember just, it was the heaviness of his presence that changed everything that night. And I went back to the high school I was at in Minnesota and said, we have to do something like this is if each, each student encountered what I just encountered, then their lives would be completely transformed. Uh, and so Noah, can you give a, what do you mean by the heaviness of the Holy spirit? Yeah, no, that's great. So I just felt, um, it was as if 
I, I would say I, I tend to be um, uh, that of a rebellious person or that of a resistant person that when I'm right and when I um, don't want something or I do want something, I get it or I don't get it right. And so um, I I really was fighting any sort of um, what I what I would say was any any piece of me left there. I wanted I wanted to keep there. I didn't want to um, show any form of weakness. And really what I felt like God was doing was just saying, no, rest in me, rest in me, rest in me. Um, and I think it took a, it took a little extra nudge. And so his presence was just, um, so incredibly, for lack of better words, thick. It was like, there was, um, it was like gravity was just pulling me down and pulling me down. Um, yeah. and he was just saying, no arrest with me, like stop trying to be you and come into me and be in and, and begin to see who I am and know my power and know who I am in your heart. And so, um, that might not be the best explanation, but no, that's what it was that. to me that night. I just sometimes like in time of prayer, like I feel like in the old Testament, you see like the Holy spirit is this cloud and he's leading the people through the desert in a cloud. And sometimes like when we pray in the spirit, we can just expect that the cloud is going to fall. Like, I, and it's just this like heavy cloud, like that just comes into the, and it's just like, you're just enveloped in the presence of God. Right. And you're just like, Whoa. And, uh, you just, yeah, he takes you out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. So yeah, that night was, was really like Patrick said, it was historic for me definitely. And I went back into the high school I was serving at and said, every student needs to encounter what I just encountered. And, um, I know it wasn't the people there that was doing it. So I knew it was, it was a Holy spirit. Uh, it was the Holy spirit that was, that was ministering. And so if the Holy spirit did it, then I can do it too. Um, I can, I can administer the Holy spirit. Right. So I, um, went and started this ministry that was just simply called upper room. And basically what we did was he invited, uh, different high schoolers who we saw as leaders in, into just a Saturday night of hanging out. And in this area that I was at, they actually didn't have any youth groups. So I was really, I decided to kind of run this youth group and, and start this, um, event called upper room. And we focused on the Lord touching, empowering, um, attacking sin in our lives and making disciples of us. And so it, it was this team concept and it was community. Um, and, and that was the focus. And so, uh, God did amazing things in the high school I was at. We had all together, probably 150 kids that came through out of a high school that probably had 400 kids. And so a, a majority or a, more so a minority, but a good amount of kids came through, um, this awesome program that we did. And so I said, when, I got to Damascus. We were only doing middle school retreats at that time, but I told Dan, I believe that God really wanted to move in this way. And so, um, yeah, fast forward a little bit to this past year where we decided to run our first high school retreat that was kind of based off of this program that I, that I helped run in Minnesota. And, um, on this retreat, there was a kid that, that came, um, and we'll, we'll name him John for the sake of the, uh, for his privacy. But, um, John came on this retreat and the teachers actually told us not uh, or basically to watch out for this kid, that he had been causing a lot of trouble, that he actually got kicked out of the public school and was taken in by the private school um, because of all the different things that were going on. And they they didn't give us much details. They basically just said, watch out for this kid and what he's going to do and whatever. And He's a um, troublemaker. A troublemaker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so he he came on this retreat and um, he I came to find out later that he actually was baptized and then never experienced any um, event that even had God in it until he went to the high school, um, that Catholic high school that he was at after getting kicked out of the public high school. Um, and that's where he just simply had some head knowledge about who God was and, and maybe attended a mass or two while the, at the high school. But otherwise, he didn't know anything about uh, about Jesus. And so he came on this retreat, and the first night, uh, Dan gave a message about um, 
simply the idea of knowing God in your head versus knowing God in your heart. And um, he was really touched by that. And then we followed that up with adoration. And that night he had never experienced adoration in his life, but he was like, something is different. This is something that I've never experienced before. And I want to know more. And so the next day um, he, he kind of, we, we did this, what we, what we like to call drama ministry where um, we come up on stage and, and act and it really just exemplifies something that that uh, particular uh, student in high school may experience. And so um, we did this the, this drama called Cardboard Testimonies. And on the Cardboard Testimony, mine said, I, I went up with the Cardboard Testimony, and on the front it said, um, hid the loss of pain through the noise of partying. And then I flipped it over and I said, found freedom in the peace of Jesus Christ. And he saw that. And so at lunch, he came up to me and asked me, Noah, what, like, what, did you actually party? Did you actually do those things? And I was like, I did. And he said back to me, uh, he was like, they, if you did this, then like, why are you living the life you're living now? Like what changed? And I told him, I was like, I can tell you, but I don't know if you want to hear it. (laughs) And he, um, he was like, no, I want to know more. And he was trying to be cool in front of his friends and everything. So he was acting, uh, he was curious, but not too curious. And so I right there just kind of told him an abridged version of, of what God has done in my life. And, um, he was really blessed by that. And in the next session, uh, Aaron Richards was leading it, and he said, if you are feeling the presence of God in any way, um, he had everyone close their eyes. And in this session, he had everyone close their eyes and spread out. And, and he said, raise your hand if you're feeling the presence of God in any way right now. And um, they did it for the sake of the privacy of all the kids. And so he, John raised his hand, and, and when he raised his hand, um, Aaron said, if, if you're raising your hand, a missionary will come and pray with you. And so I walked over to John and I'm praying with him and just praying for the Holy Spirit to fill him. And then I all of a sudden hear this word addiction and I didn't want, um, yeah, to put anything into his life that wasn't there or whatever. And so I basically said, and if, if he's battling any addiction in his life, I pray Jesus that you release him of that addiction right now. And after the session, he comes up to me at dinner and he just is like a deer in headlights. He looks at me and he's like, how did you know I've been battling addiction? And from what he told me there on was that he had been battling um, an opioid addiction because four months prior, his mom actually got in a debilitating car accident that led her um, her brain to be reduced to that of of a second grader. And um, so moving forward from there, he began to get into a lot of different things that got him kicked out of the public high school. And um, he he began to be on a different a lot of different drugs and then was actually caught um, by by the police and arrested for possession. Of, of specific drugs. And so um, he was in a really between a rock and a hard place and in, in was really struggling and doing community service and figuring out what the next step was and came on the, onto this retreat actually actually high on, on the drug that he was taking. And um, so he was kind of realizing after the session he, that he hit rock bottom and that um, he, he was battling this addiction. And so when I said that to him, when I spoke what God was speaking to me, to, to John, he was absolutely... Uh, just shook in 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 his mind and everything, and I was able to tell him in that moment that Jesus loves him so much that that he wanted to speak to him in that moment and free him from what he was battling. Mm. And so from there from there on, we we kind of made a plan for him to go home and um and to be free from all the different things he was battling and all the different struggles he was um that that were a big reality in his life. And so um, he went home. Or sorry, we we prayed, and I just prayed again that he be free from that addiction, and we made kind of a game plan. And um, he went home, and at that point, you're just kind of crossing your fingers because a three day retreat versus a you know years of a certain lifestyle, um, 
is is kind of scary. But um, I, and so again, I was just kind of praying that the Lord would um, would keep him walking in in the lifestyle that he committed to, and um, I, I would text him, and so I gave him my number on that retreat, and I had texted him about a week later and he texted me back saying, Noah, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I have prayed every day with scripture and I'm completely free. This is the first week that I've been sober in three months. And, and I, so I would text him week after week and month after month and year after year or sorry. And uh, yeah, and month after month. And then a year later, um, he, he has been sober now for a year. Um, Yeah. And this retreat happened actually. um, Yeah. It happened almost exactly a year ago and he's been, and he's been free um, from the different addictions he was battling and he's reading scripture every day. And he was not part of the Catholic church. And now he's an RCIA, um, desiring to, to go to the Catholic church and he's involved in his Newman center at his university. And so, um, yeah, God completely came in and, and what was a time of probably a 30 second prayer and released him, um, from a lifestyle that he had been living prior into, into a new lifestyle that is with uh, that is with him. Let's so. just give God a praise break. Thank you, yeah, Lord Jesus, amen. for that. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, amen. I think, Noah, one of the things that we don't do a ton in ministry that you do just so well is walking with a person, right? Mm-hmm. Like Noah is just, a, I think one of the great gifts that God's given you is to be a pastor and to really walk with people. And 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 so like as you're a missionary and a, and a disciple, you you help build and form missionary disciples through walking with them, and so often like you can you can tell stories about like oh yeah I had this awesome time where I prayed over a person and I asked them like oh test if your knees heal like the pain's gone and that's so exciting and then you just walk, go on with your life. But what's so neat about uh, your charism is you just you walk with the person you and you care for them even beyond that first prayer ministry experience. A year later, still walking with this guy John just to to see that like I'm gonna not only touch you in an experience with prayer ministry, but I'm going to walk all the way with you through through RCIA and getting into the church and establishing a life with Christ, which is just such an awesome thing. So mm-hmm. you're a missionary with Damascus. Damascus is striving to bring revival to the Catholic Church in America. Do you want to share kind of like, how are, how are you striving to bring revival or what do you see revival in the Catholic Church in America? Yeah, so I have the great privilege to um, be one of our directors of outreach for Damascus. And so um, what we're able to do is I think there's been a lot of ministries in, in our world that have done the impact piece so well that they're bringing Christ into people that have never experienced that they're awakening, uh, awakening, uh, Jesus Christ into these hearts that have never experienced Jesus Christ before. And that's beautiful. Uh, one of the things that I think we, we as Damascus make a bold statement and that we awaken, we empower, and we equip, uh, generations of Catholics. Right. And so, Making that bold statement um, means that we have to have some bold follow-up, right? And so um, I'm blessed to be able to be our outreach director, and I'm, I'm basically um, able, able to ensure that we are making that follow-up, that we are, after our awakening and our empowering, that we are equipping these youth uh, to bring revival to the Catholic Church. And so the way in which we do that is that we, we send our missionaries back into the schools after the kids come on retreat. So we don't want to just impact the kids that are on retreat, but we want to go ahead and walk with them and empower them and, and through our own lives, equip them for, for everything that they would deal with because our missionaries have walked through those same things that these youth have. And so the way we do that is we go into their lunches and their recesses and we lead Bible studies and we simply just get to know these kids on a deeper level and and gain their trust. And we go to their youth groups on Sunday and uh, we really, again, we just walk alongside that the Christian life isn't just this impact, but if we want true transformation, and empowering and equipping, then we have to walk alongside um, the youth. And so 
we have the great ability and the and the opportunity to do that, and we've seen so much um, amazing transformation in these youth. And even even with um, the guy John that I was just talking about, being able to walk with him still, he texted me the other day and just said he was struggling with what he was supposed to study, with what he was supposed to study. Um, he he changed his degree and he didn't know what he wanted to change it to. And so I myself and a few other friends, I just asked my few a few other friends to just ask God simply what what he was supposed to study and. Um, three of the four texted me back and just said they felt like there was some, um, like biology that he was supposed to step into biology. And I knew this, I was amazed. It was really good that I asked other people because I knew John and I knew that he was not a guy that would seem to like biology, but everyone was saying biology. And so I simply texted him and said, I feel like, I feel like you're supposed to step into, uh, biology. And he goes, Oh my gosh, that is literally what I've been thinking about for the last two weeks. But if I wasn't there walking with him and if I wasn't there um, alongside other brothers wanting to hear God's voice for him, uh, then he might not have ever stepped into what uh, he felt like he was being called to do either. And so we do this um, with middle schoolers. We do this with high schoolers. We're able to do this um, with all these kids that have been impacted, to, again, to bring them into the fullness of who they're called to be in, in the transformed lifestyle that they're supposed to live. So what do you, you're talking about like hearing the voice of God and it, maybe our listeners are like, what, like, how do you, why, like, how do you like hear the voice of God type thing? How would you describe your process when you want to hear the voice of God? Yeah. So I think, um, we, we as Catholics, right, we're, we're called to know, to love and to serve the Lord. Um, and in, in John, we see that, um, the way in which to, to know the Lord is to hear his voice, right? My sheep hear my voice and they know me. And so in order to, to to know him, we have to hear his voice. And then once we hear his voice, we fall in love with him, which gives us the capacity to serve him, right? Mm. And so it's that beautiful process. But again, it starts with hearing his voice. And so um, the way in which we um, are able to to hear, hear God's voice are through many different ways, that he wants to speak always. And so why wouldn't he use these different um, different capacities, very simple capacities that we have as human beings to be able to use as an avenue to speak to us. Um, and so a lot of times the way that he speaks to me is just simply through uh, my imagination, through different images um, or different words that I may see in my imagination. And um, he desire and, and he, and that's the way he usually speaks to me. And then through that, I'll speak that to others. Yeah, I think God, St. Thomas Aquinas, of course, like talks about all the different faculties of the soul. And he says like, oh, the imagination is a fact faculty of the soul so clearly like if if it's part of our um uh, of what makes us human right that god wants to use our imagination our our, our heart or these promptings all of these different faculties to to help speak to us and so uh can you describe a time when like maybe he gave you like an image and what that process was like yeah so this this actually happened um a situation that was really impactful for me uh, actually happened in in January of last year. So it, we went to, as missionaries, we went to this awesome ecumenical um, kind of gathering where we where we were just being called to fast and to pray um, for our city, for the city of Columbus, that um, God would come and reign in our city, right? And uh, after this event, it was a Saturday night, and we were really on fire and just pumped up after going to this this kind of conference-style event. And so we decided, hey, let's go at... 1130 midnight um, and, and minister to college students out on Ohio State University. And so we kind of split up two by two and we were, we were kind of walking and I even have to admit, I was kind of intimidated by what I was seeing. I mean, it's, it's everything you could imagine on 
um, a Saturday night on a college campus. And so we're walking down the street and um, I was with my friend, my friend, uh, Sheila, who's also a missionary. And she spoke that she thought that she um, heard uh, basically a, like a blue shirt, just blue shirt. And so very simply, um, she felt like God was saying that we need to look for somebody with a blue shirt, which was very broad. So there's a lot of people with blue shirts. Um, but we thought we saw <laughs> the guy with the blue shirt. And so we're standing on high street and we turn around and we're seeing this guy and we're kind of discussing whether or not we're going to summon up the courage to go to him. But while we're standing there, there's these three guys who basically yelled at us, inviting us to this party and we couldn't really hear him. So we said, what? And they kept yelling, um, and they, they were kind of walking by and they're like, never mind, don't listen to him. He's just one of our friends is being an idiot or whatever. And and I was something in that in my mind, just basically and in my heart, I felt like we were supposed to talk to these three guys that were yelling at us. I mean, it was a perfect opportunity for us to share the gospel if they were already yelling at us. Were they so, like drunken, crazy college students? Yeah. So they were inviting us to a very uh, inappropriate party. And it was actually, yeah, it was it was interesting. And they were um, light in the darkness. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so it was it was we knew these kids weren't doing the best things in the world. And so, um, I, I definitely, we, they were definitely rough around the edges guys. And, um, again, the Holy spirit just prompted me and put this, um, passion in my heart to come and speak with them. And so, yeah, they were not, um, fully sober, but they came and they started talking to us and we brought the sober intoxication. Of exactly. The Holy spirit. And that's exactly what happened. So we began to just talk to them and, um, I couldn't, I can't tell you, I'm not the most outward engaging external, person, but it was like Jesus just came alive in me. And that's exactly what happened. And the Holy Spirit was there. And I was just, these guys were captivated by what I had to say. And so I was literally just asking them questions about their life, like why they decided to go to high State, where they were from. And after asking them all these questions, I was just trying to keep them engaged. And they then asked me what I did. And so I said, oh, well, I'm actually a missionary, but you guys, I, you guys probably don't believe in God, do you? Because of the way that they were living, right? And so I asked them that question and, and they, um, two of them had grown up in Christian churches, but stopped believing in God. And then the one that actually de- didn't grow up in any faith believed in God simply because of some philosophical something that he was trying to tell me about that I didn't fully understand. And so, um, he, they, they were really people that didn't live any lifestyle of faith. Right. And then two of them didn't believe in God at all. Um, and so I simply asked them if I could tell them a story and I just tell them a story about my life. Cause I, I told them, I was like, Hey, I actually, uh, what you just invited me to, I was a part of in my life before, but something changed. And can you, would you guys be open to hearing that story? And so they, they were completely open to hearing the story. I share with them um, kind of just my testimony, what God's done in my life. And then all of a sudden it seemed as if something just, it, it felt like I went on autopilot and Jesus just took over. And so I basically said, and God wants to do the same to you. And I point to the first guy and all I hear is the name Evan in business. And so I turn to him and I say, uh, I felt like God was just saying that you have all these different different business plans in your life and that you want to study business and that there's a friend in your class named Evan who really needs your support right now. And all the other guys are starting to freak out because his best friend, turns out his best friend was named Evan. He was in his business class with these guys and that was his degree was business. And so they begin to freak out and they're, How do they're you like, know this? yeah, and they start calling us psychics and we're like, no, this is Jesus wanting to love you. This is just Jesus. And, um, the next guy, I turned to the next guy and I couldn't really, just the Holy Spirit really took over. And I turned to the next guy and I start talking to him about how he's always had a desire of building things and he's into physics and um, roller coasters and all these things. And he's, his degree's physics. And I turned to the next guy and start talking to him about 
all these math endeavors that he wants to do, and his his degree is in math. And so these guys are basically, I basically told them a lot about their life that I could have never known outside of the presence of God being in the moment uh, there. And so they're freaking out, and they're like, I feel like this is fate. This is what's about to happen. And they're just freaking out. And um, mm-hmm. I was able to say, no, Jesus, Jesus loves you. He wants to be here with you, and he wants to have a relationship with you. And so at that moment, I was about to um, kind of begin to invite invite them to different things. And he's like, no, stop. I'm, And they admitted that they were not fully sober in the moment. Um, and he's like, I'm giving you my number. We need to meet. We need to meet up. And so we left that night um, where I, I typed my name into his phone. And um, basically we left that night and these guys were so blown away at the fact that God wanted to be with them. Did they let you the pray with them? Uh, yeah. So as I was about to pray with him, that's when he stopped me and said, like, I'm not fully sober right <laughs> you now. You can't pray over an intoxicated man. <laughs> yeah. And so he, he stopped me there and he goes, here's, here's my number. Um, and they were absolutely, they left that night knowing God was real because mm-hmm. God told them everything about their life. Mm. Um, and so it was just such a beautiful opportunity to see God move and work. And just to show, I, I felt like the father just wanted to show us um, his, his capacity um, for loving his children. And so it was such a beautiful opportunity um, for me to simply say yes and watch the Holy Spirit take over. Praise the Lord. That's so amazing. So thanks. So, so Noah, you just, um, you're sharing about just being able to hear the voice of God in a way that blesses other people. I'm wondering, you know, we're going to have to go to a break here in a moment, but could you maybe pray for those who are listening, if, if they're just like hungry to be able to hear the voice of God more easily, that their ears would be opened and that they would hear God's voice in the promptings of their heart and in their mind and be able to share that word with others? Yeah, definitely. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, I thank you that you desire to speak to us. I thank you that you desire to make your home inside of us. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask you right now to begin to awaken hearts and begin to open up deaf ears. Holy Spirit, come and make your presence known among each and every person that is listening to this right now. And God, I pray right now that you begin to release new images and new words into people's minds right now. Thank you, Jesus. But most of all, God, I pray that you remind each and every person that it is your nature to want to be with us, to want to spend time with us, to want to speak with us. So remind us, God, that you're not far off and distant, but that you want to be with us that you love relationship, that you love to spend time with us. And from that place, when we recognize what and who your nature truly is, can we then step in faith in hearing your voice? Thank you, Jesus. So Holy Spirit, come and awaken our hearts, awaken our minds, awaken our ears to your presence and to your promptings. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All right, we're going to take a uh, a break, and we're going to be right back. Noah, thank you so much for joining us on Encounter, um, and we'll be back in one minute. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. Every single day, I get to help our listeners of the Sunrise Morning Show wake up, find out what's going on in the church and the world, And then walk with them as we all seek to grow in knowledge and love of Jesus Christ and the Catholic faith. 
I mean, how could it get any better? The Sunrise Morning Show with Anna Mitchell and Matt Swain. Monday morning, 6 Eastern on EWTN Radio. He was a doctor of the church and one of the most famous saints of all time. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Augustine is honored for his immense contributions to theology, but he balanced his genius with humility. Once declared it was pride that changed angels into devils, it is humility that makes men as angels. He died in 461. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Hello and welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. So we just heard an incredible life-changing testimony and an extraordinary mission from Noah Gilchrist. Noah, thank you so much for sharing your story. I just, as you were sharing, um, just the words of uh, from you know the letter to Colossians was really speaking to me, where it says that Jesus delivers us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins, that Jesus has come and he's transferred us from one kingdom to another kingdom, that we now are living uh, as sons and daughters of the kingdom of God, and we have access to the king's treasures, right? And we have access to the king's word and his voice. And and then, you know, he goes on and he talks about how, like, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh that I'm filling up for what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ, right? And so he's just like, you were living this life where, like, at one point you you were living sufferings and it was really hard for you and and it caused hopelessness but now like you can rejoice in your sufferings because you're filled with hope you've been transferred into a new kingdom it says and it is Christ in you the hope of glory that just Jesus Christ he's in us and he is the hope of glory just um how have you found hope in Jesus Christ yeah um i felt like i found hope in Jesus Christ um through simply every day waking up to his presence, right? That every day I spend time with him in prayer. And in that time, I'm able to recognize his goodness so that then I can step forward into my day knowing that anything that I come up against or any insult, any offense, anything that would ever come against me does not overpower his goodness. Why? Because I just experienced his goodness in the morning, right? And so every day I spend time in relationship um, with Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and I, I get to sit in his presence every morning and what, what a gift that is, right? So. Yeah. So like your life isn't like going out on the streets every second of the day, like like speaking these like words of knowledge yeah. over people's lives. But like intimacy with the father is the fundamental root of who you are and what you do, right? And when you know the father, when you spend time with him, you come to know his voice and and uh, you recognize his voice, right? And so that I think, listeners, that's the key. Like, if you're like, this is new to me. I haven't heard of this kind of like words of knowledge before. I haven't heard of like people ministering like this before. Um, it all flows forth from your your daily prayer. And if you're praying every day, what happens is you actually you start being inspired by promptings of the Holy Spirit, right? That, And I think I'm convinced that every single person who's in a state of grace, living life in the church, that you experience promptings of the Holy Spirit. You, you experience those moments at work where you're like, I should say something. And you either say it or you don't. Or you experience moments where you're like, oh, I should reach out to that person. And you either do it or you don't. Those are promptings of the Holy Spirit actually nudging you to speak the word of God in a situation or to speak uh, or, or to minister the, the hands of Jesus in a situation. And um, Noah, how did you go from transferring that time where you would experience promptings and say no 
to when you would experience promptings and say yes. Because I think that's the key that listeners need to – that transformation. That I'm no longer going to reject these promptings. I'm going to walk in them. Yeah, it's – I would say this is the most out of you know the supernatural Holy Spirit conversations that we've been having. This is the most natural, um, physical, normal uh, approach that this is this part of the of, – of speaking what God has for each and every person. This is the most natural part, and it's simply just – being intense in the in- uncomfortable. And so I've I, what I've been uh, what I felt like the Lord's been speaking to me recently is just be intense in discomfort. And so it it's really in my mind saying, okay, I can choose myself in this moment and I can choose my comfort and my pride or I can step out of myself and be uncomfortable for your glory, Lord. Amen. St. Louis de Montfort says if you risk nothing for the gospel, you risk doing nothing great with your life. Brothers and sisters, start risking something for the gospel. When the Holy Spirit nudges you, when he prompts you, walk in it. And guess what? Sometimes you'll get it wrong. You'll be like, hey, I get a sense of God saying this. Does this like, does this actually like um, resonate with you? And maybe someone's like, no, it really doesn't. That doesn't mean you're no longer loved by God the Father. It just means you got things wrong. It's okay. But take risks for the gospel and sometimes you'll get it right and you'll bless people's lives. And so we just want to encourage you to start taking more risk. Be uncomfortable for Jesus Christ. We're going to close in prayer. No, when we close, we're just going to ask the Lord if he has any words of knowledge for our listeners. And if you have something, just speak it uh, nice and quick so we stay on time. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. God, we just love you, and I want you to manifest your love to our listeners right now. Come, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? Yeah, and I, spe- I felt uh, specifically like there is a woman right now who's listening to this in their car, and they have been so faithful. So each and every day, um, even in their prayer life, and, and even maybe even a d- daily uh, communicant, and but there's almost this desert desert feel like I have not experienced um, God. I haven't heard from Him. I want to hear His voice, but I haven't before. And God's saying, right now is your time. Right now is your moment. I'm speaking to you specifically. I know your heart. I love you, and I want to be in relationship with you, and I even want to bring your family back into relationship with me. Oh, yes. And I was getting that same exact sense of just like, it was like a floodgate that was closed and the Lord was opening a floodgate. Mm So um, I speak to you uh, and I just say, receive the full flood of the Holy Spirit right now. Come Holy Spirit, Spirit. nourish your people. We pray this in Jesus's name. Amen. Amen. You are listening to Encounter, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. If you want to be in touch with Noah or if you want to find out how uh, Damascus can bring retreats to your parish or your school for your youth, you can go to DamascusCampus.com and you can find Noah there and learn more about that ministry. Or if you want to share your life-changing testimony with our audience or if you were just, you just had your life changed through this show, please share your testimonies with us at encounterradio.org. That's encounterradio.org. Thanks for listening. Share this podcast or this show with whomever you'd like. Share the gospel with everyone. God bless.